The Method Creed. The staff and crew of the Method believe in God, and we want to help expand people's understanding of God so that people who seek to live in communion with God and others can be encouraged to do so. We believe God is eternal, all-powerful, all-knowing, and is triune, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We believe God is creator of the universe and all life in it. We believe in God's Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is the wisdom, love, and the living word of God, who was not born, but begotten and sits at the right hand of God as our judge. This redemptive love for humanity is the source of salvation for all people. We believe the Holy Spirit convicts us and leads us to repentance and joyful obedience to God. The Holy Spirit is our advocate and gives us the power to change lives and enables us to instruct and teach in the ways of God to make disciples of Christ for the transformation of the world. We believe that the church is an extension of God's love and grace. We can experience this through worship, fellowship, witness, and service with others in the church and the community. God is with us. We are not alone. We believe we can use our gifts to change the world for the glory of God. Amen. It's that time where we teach the doctrinal standards and theological tasks of the Christian faith. So we figured that we'd have a little fun doing this and we have turned this into a game show called This Is Not The $25,000 Pyramid. We have our reigning champion and church member, Miss Darla Ruth from How Mount- you doing, Positively Chrissy? She's from Mount Ida, Arkansas. That's right, I'm from Mount Ida, Arkansas. Hey, did you know I just got pulled over by a, 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 a state trooper that was a, a trans radial amputee? How does that work, Darla? I don't know. How does he shoot his gun? That's a good question. He only got one hand. We'll explore that later. We are going to teach about a subject that's very important to the church, and that's systematic theology. All right, now. Now, there are different doctrines of the church that we know that we need to teach so that people's understanding can be expanded on what it actually means to have faith. For today's game, Darla, you're going to have to describe things that pertain to the doctrine of God. Now, some theologians call it the doctrine of the Trinity. Okay. Now, according to systematic theologian Karl Barth, in the second volume of his book, Church Dogmatics, he defines God as the one who awakens, creates, upholds his faith, and offers God's self while still remaining a mystery. Okay. So, Darla. All right. Your task today is to describe some aspects that help us expand our understanding of God. Okay. Darla? Yes. We only have seven clues this time. All right. So, we're only going to give you 60 seconds to guess each answer. Well, last time you gave me 90. That is true, but as we get closer, the time does dwindle. So, Walden is going to give you the clues and give us the answers. Okay, come All on. Right. Come on, Walden. Can you do it in 60 seconds, Darla? We gonna do it. Yes, we are. Come on, We're Walden. We're gonna get it popping in God's grace. In God's grace. Come on, Walden. So let's get ready to start. And one, two, three, 
Start. Uh, uh, from eternity to eternity. Huh? Shelter and provider. What? Uh, worship and spirit and truth. God, worship God. Correct. Uh, uh, natural reason. Divine revelation. Uh, the existence of God. Oh, awesome. Next clue. Hurry. Uh, threesome. The Star Wars trilogy. A, a town in Tennessee. Uh, a try own triune. Yes, that is it. Go, Darla. Uh, father. Son, the Holy Spirit. The Godhead. Yes, keep going, hurry. Proceeds from the Father. Uh, second in the Godhead. God in the flesh. God the Son, yes. that's Jesus Christ. Yes. Proceeds from the Father and Son. Hovered over the waters of creation. It's the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost, the Holy that, Ghost. That's right, you didn't even get that last clue, but you got it. Come on, darling, let's go. Uh, the internal relations of God. Dance like relationship. Trinity, Trinity, Trinity. Woo! You got it. I got it. Not believe it, Darla. You are still the reigning right. champ. I'm the reigning champ. Of this is not the twenty-five thousand dollar pyramid. always the staff and the crew of the method want to be responsible and let people know that there is a parent advisory for our show because the method is meant to reach young adults college students and their parents where they are some of the lyrics and the songs are explicit and some of the subject matters that are covered in our disney fan fiction also has adult content when it comes to language partying use of drugs, dealing with relationships, sexuality, and violence. We're out to reach young adults and college students where they are on their level. So we're on the PG-13 level with this. So if you're not 16 years old or older, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, ask your parents permission to listen to the method. And if you're an old fashion Christian, then guess what? This is not the church show for you either. Turn that radio down now because we don't want to offend you. The staff and crew of the Method always want to thank God for the inspiration that we receive in making disciples for Jesus Christ through hip-hop music, pop culture, and current events. Because we know that God loves everybody everywhere.
Welcome to Catacomb Church, where beneath the surface of the earth in the Ozark Mountains in a dark and damp stone labyrinth lit by torches made of human bones, the living and the dead, from all races, ages, both men and women, from all over the world and realms, come together every 30 days for worship and to come to court and witness who God proves deserves judgment or grace. Malice, the messenger angel, represents the heavenly realm. Malice is one of the sheriffs, the angels that, you know, brings messages and warnings to people and folk as well. She's working for the underworld and God's grace. Forkers was the strategic sergeant of war for the Morning Star at the Great Battle. Lucifer and his litter almost seized the throne of the Almighty until Forkers realized that what she did to help the Morning Star was wrong. She told God the weakness of her carefully crafted plan of war and exploited the weakness in her plan and God triumphed. But after the great battle, she was expelled and banished to Earth to serve humans. She helped them develop their civilization since she was crafty enough in her battle tactics. She was able to finally speak to God after millions of years. After the Lord gave the Sermon on the Mount, she immediately asked God for forgiveness. And what was granted was her service to God by putting the fear of God in people and other duties assigned. Once she was done with that, what God had required of her, she would be able to go back home and be fully restored to who she was before she sided with the Morning Star. These two litigators, Melis and Forcus, are challenged with the task of assisting God in helping the poor person understand why he or she will be going to where they're going to for eternity. The case of Pastor Martin Ramirez has now been called to order. After I said that, a lonely-looking man with salt-and-pepper hair dressed in his clerical garments floated to the front of the congregation, accompanied by some rather fearsome-looking angels ready to annihilate poor Pastor Ramirez at the ready. But they all look that way when they come to Catacomb Church because this is when people realize that there really is an afterlife. Pastor Ramirez looked at Melis. She smiled back at him. But the gesture wasn't returned. When he turned his head in the other direction towards Forkus, Forkus did what, you know, Forkus does best. God appreciated the valiant effort that Melis and Forcus presented of what led Pastor Ramirez to Catacomb Church. Although Pastor Ramirez did some despicable things and was guilty of the sins that Forcus presented in church, God pointed out that Pastor Ramirez had a genuine change of heart when his daughter died the way that she did. For that reason, God granted grace to Pastor Ramirez. This was something that Forkus couldn't handle, so she humbly said, 
holy God. All right. Uh, that, that that hurt my feelings. That that judgment. It did. It did. Cause I was excited about, you know, making room for Pastor Ramirez at our long-term care facility, Dreary Lane. I mean, we know you got the final say and final word and everything. You just do. Allowing us to present cases in your presence is a blessed privilege, but God, what Pastor Ramirez did hurt a lot of people. I mean, there were many people that heard about what he was doing or experienced his tyranny that left the church altogether. And yes, he's helped incarcerated men be the men that you've called them to be, and that is something to rejoice over. But what about the people that he led astray that are not yet back in communion with you now, Lord? What about them? Those people that he heard, but but before you answer me, may I offer a suggestion? If you decide to allow Pastor Ramirez to wake up from his coma uh, and allow for him to continue to live or bring him home to you in the heavenly realm, please, please give me the opportunity to help him you know, appreciate the grace he doesn't deserve. What if he just, you know, let me purify him with fire just for, you know, 30 minutes? Just to make sure that if he doesn't get his soul right, he will have a permanent residence at Dreary Lane. Please, 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 God, allow for me to worship you through the eternal torture of this hot mess of a pasta. Please. Melis was livid with the thought because she knew that 30 minutes in hell was actually 30 days on earth. Just like when Christ died and went to the underworld to preach the gospel to the ones that had not heard it yet. When God was in hell for three hours, it was three days in this realm. But getting back to what happened in court... Forkus looked at poor Pastor Ramirez with the most devilish look on her face and said, <laughs> When I get finished with you, you're going to be thanking God every day for the second, no, the 100th chance that God has given you to get it together. Mm-hmm. You used up all your chances, dog. You better make sure that when you put yourself back in this predicament, you gon' know, you know, you will know that when you put yourself down as a permanent resident of Dreary Lane, ooh, I'm gonna pour hot magma down your throat with a funnel made out of vibranium, and I'm gonna watch your flesh burn and turn to ash in front of me. <laughs> and guess what? <laughs> I'm not going to stop there either. <laughs> next, you know what I'm going to do to you next? I'm going to I'm going to use my holy dagger and it's made of vibranium. <laughs> I'm going to slice you in half and I'm going to rip out your organs. Meanwhile, the following week later at Catacomb Church. Freak out, yo. 
Mavis, when Reverend Bedford gets out the bathroom after he realizes he can't escape through the window. <laughs> Sit him in the booth across from us, please, and thank you. <laughs> Mavis smiled and said, I sure will, sweetheart. Is this going to be his last supper? Do you want me to give him the dead man walking menu? (laughs) (laughs) But of course, dear Mavis, let him have the best there is because that's going to be all she wrote for that man. Forkus will let him finish his meal before she kills that child molesting pastor. Thank you. God has given him chance after chance after chance. Exactly. And he ain't got no more chances, says the Almighty. Now, Mellis, what does God need for us to do? Mellis looked at me and Forkus and said, has been to Nevada Lear and forced poor Eitri to make a trinity cross. What? What did you say? You heard me, Forkus. Somebody's trying to find the infinity stones and harness their power. But what I want to know is, who told Eitri to make Satan's crown? I looked at Forkus and Mellis with disbelief and said, what? Wait, what? I've taken my grandchildren to see those movies. You're telling me that the Avengers are real? You said Infinity <laughs> Stones. That's what Mellis said, correct? Uh, am I hearing things? Neither Forkus or Mellis answered my question, but Forkus watched Reverend Bedford leave the men's restroom. There was a look of horror on his face. He was walking towards the door to leave the diner and Raphael pointed to Reverend Bedford to make his way towards Mavis. He obeyed and Forkus watched Reverend Bedford speak with Mavis quietly. And after they spoke, Reverend Bedford followed Mavis towards where Forkus, Mellis and I were with the menu in our hand to a booth next to us. Once Forkus saw that, she answered my question. Yes, you're hearing things correctly. They're they're not called Avengers, but they are real, okay? Look, God's story is not just in sacred biblical texts. Like, you know, the Pentateuch, the Quran, the New Testament. It's it's deeper than that. Regular people like Shonda Ron, Stanley, and George Lucas, these folks, folks like that, they prophets, okay? This stuff has really happened, but the emotional and spiritual scarring of these cosmic events still remain after God corrects them because, you know, y'all humans, yeah, it's hard for y'all to move past stuff. So in order for y'all to move past it, God has to present it to us in the form of, of entertainment. But anyway, getting back to the Infinity Stones... I made the Trinity crown for Satan. That crown was the only way that Satan was going to be powerful enough to be able to sit on God's throne. The purpose of the war was to distract God long enough to get God off the throne. See, people don't realize God can physically be anywhere in the universe in any given time, in any moment. But guess what? God is always going to remain on the throne. Period. God does not get off of it. 
And guess what? Sadie had seconds to take the throne. And he needed the power of the stones to be strong enough to even be able to sit in God's chair. I mean, Sadie knew that angels were going to die because, I mean, I made their weapons. I dipped my vibranium instruments and tools in, in holy water before I made each one. And it took me about a, about 14 days. Isn't that right, Mellis? About 14 days, which is like billions of years here on Midgard. And to make enough weapons to arm the legions of angels that Satan recruited. <sighs> Let me put it to you like this. I said it took me billions of earth years. And for every earth year, there was an angel with a weapon. Billions of angels armed and ready to help Satan take on the god of the angel armies. We used the power of the halos to produce uh, enough energy to power our weapons. And they looked exactly like lightsabers. Satan's weapon was a cross guard lightsaber. I mean, the saber was white because the color of Satan's halo was white. See, my weapon was a purple double-edged saber that could spin, and it had just these like side effects. And when I spin it real fast, when the archangels were throwing lightning bolts at me, it served as a shield. It was great. It was great. What? Why are you looking at me like that? You know this thing. So, when focus. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> I, I gotta get this together. So, what you're saying is, when Forkus was an angel and her halo was purple. Yeah, my halo. Mellis, why are you acting like you don't understand? You were there! Do you forget? Did you not forget this? Did you not forget this? Are you? Have you been in, in eternity so long that you forgot that my halo was purple? When I, when I was with y'all up there. I love to get under your skin. Anyway, when Forkus was an angel, her halo was beautiful. Thank you. I mean, she was God's favorite angel and the baby. I am the baby. I'm the youngest angel. But Satan was the one that God loved the most. Yes, he loved our brother the most. Mellis, let me finish. Anyway, it was crazy. Your majesty, the fight. The, the, the everything it, 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 all of it was just crazy angels was dying and the archangels was throwing lightning bolts at us it was it was just so much mm -hmm. don't twisted though I mean I ain't no archangel but uh I was in the cut holding it down you okay. were you yes, were Melis <laughs> and you think you know throwing all that lightning bolts and stuff would have knocked y'all would have just knocked you out you knock did. The lights out, just like bowling pins. You did knock us out, Mellis. You did. That's right. You, you did. And I got promoted to the highest choir of cherubs, too. Mm -hmm. Okay, now if we pull this off, you know, just dealing with these stones, and, and we neither one of us dies, you know that God's going to make you an archangel, right? You're giving us a mission from God. This sounds major. This sounds like the universe is at risk at this point. If we pull this off, you know God's going to promote you to an archangel. You I, know this. Wait, wait, please. God, God, no, wait. So, your majesty, what, what Forkus and, and, and Satan did, I mean, they told all of us on what not to do. Now, now I'm content with my station in, in existence. That, that might be a little too much for me. I don't know about that. I don't, yeah, I don't but know, the war, but you know that that war was devastating. And when I think about it, 
I miss being at home and I and I just I just hate that I use what God taught me to hurt my parent, to hurt God. I I mean, God gave me the most knowledge, but I wasn't smart enough with what I did with it. I mean, God taught me about how to manipulate metal to make shapes and objects and I weaponized it the same way you mortals take something good and make it evil because I use vibranium, you know. Your Majesty, what you got to understand is vibranium isn't just the strongest metal on Earth. It's the strongest metal in the universe. And it's deposits of it scattered throughout our solar system and beyond. And the biggest deposit of it in the Milky Way is on Jupiter. And it's hidden in plain sight, right under the big red spot on the planet. It's a huge exposed mountain of it. And I know because I've had to help my what? <laughs> Angels travel to planets in our solar system and mine metal for God? I said this with disbelief, which must have been what was on Reverend Bedford's mind as well. Whoever is looking for the stones is trying to take on God, and they're trying to take on the throne. I know this. This is, this is, this is some Thanos stuff. I know it's not our brother Satan. He's the ruler of this world, and he knows better. Remember Thanos now. He said to keep the stones would be temptation and that temptation was taken on the almighty thanos just wanted to correct the universe your majesty you know he was crazy now he was real crazy but he wasn't that crazy but that's why he destroyed the stones after he removed half a life in the universe god had to correct all that because you know people figured out how to time travel that can't happen no more that's why Tony Stark wasn't put back when God reset the universe. He succeeded at navigating time travel, and Albert Einstein discovered how to do it. That's why they resting with God. Mm-hmm. And playing in the lab. We have the best smoothies now. Don't rub it in. And we have air blowers to dry our So After we get out the shower. So. Ooh, Tony has really helped improve our quality of life. Oh, and then he throws the best please let's focus your majesty the number 12 is a very important number remember that always your majesty there's 12 months in a year 12 tribes of israel 12 disciples 12 apostles and then there's 12 chances that we're all gonna have before god just says screw it i'm just gonna end all this and none of us are gonna exist anymore we only have five chances left it's time for everybody to get it together so we need to keep whoever this is from getting the stones while we're working on them and we need to pray that they don't sense them moving 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 how? I can move about freely in time and space, and I'll go to the beginning of the universe and get each stone. I'll bring it back to the earth, and then you work on it. When a stone moves, somebody's gonna sense it. Milk? No, oh, yeah, Malekith. I know who you was finna say. I know who you was finna say, Malekith and that ether, well, yeah. he did with the reality stone. He did. And, and, and ether, and he knew that it emitted gamma radiation and yes. was able to track it down and harness its power to bring about, well, eternal darkness. So, yeah, it was called yeah, the eternal night. It is kind of dangerous to even yeah. move one of these things. Yeah. So I'll just have to be careful that nobody or nothing 
follows me through the portal. Oh dear, this sounds so dangerous. It is. It always is. So your grace, because of what we're doing and because we are working for God, I'm just going to be 100% real with you, sister. You're going to have to stop your extracurricular activities with the young men. Mm. Yeah, we know you'd be paying for them young men to date you. Mm. Yeah, you paid for medical school. Mm-hmm, law school. Pay for them to get engineering degrees. What <laughs> Mel is. <laughs> what do you... <laughs> What you be calling Queen Morgana when we talking about her when she ain't here? Girl, I think she forget we know all her business, but she is definitely a Crow Megan Cougar. <laughs> you call her Crow Megan Cougar? Ooh, that's right. See, we know that you're a saber tooth tiger in the bed. Yeah, saber tooth tiger in the sack. Nothing gets past us in this realm. That's right. You be getting it in, Your Majesty. We know it. Now that's been settled. I'll be needing the check now. Now, but we haven't ordered lunch yet. Don't worry, Your Majesty. This meal is on Reverend Bedford. And guess what? He'll be paying with blood. <laughs> Where shall I start, Nellis? <laughs> Go for the eyes first, Focus. Okay. <laughs> As you wish, dear sister. Come here, Reverend Bedford. <laughs> Take that. I watched in horror while Focus brutally sliced Reverend Bedford into pieces. And while he was being sliced into pieces, the bowels of hell opened and received him. Welcome to hell, Reverend Bedford. This is gonna be your home forever. And I'm gonna slice you and gut you forever. This is gonna be so great. Praise God. From whom all blessings flow with hallelujah. See, this is what happens to child molesting pastors. Yeah. I like that music. What, what is that, Positively Chrissy? Hello, your highness. Hello, Positively <laughs> Chrissy. Yes, this is what we call, um, this is a little bit of gospel trap. It's that deep, that, that since we're getting ready to go down under. Yes, we are, uh, darling. Queen Morgana, I just decided that I would, you know, prep you with that. But you've got a little pep in your step today, your majesty. Uh, what's been going on with you? Oh, PK. I've been doing some very important research that has completely invigorated me. Invigorated you? Mm, like how, Your Majesty? 
Because <laughs> we all know what invigorates. You, oh, you know what? don't. You, well, you've been married more times than like Elizabeth Taylor. So. <laughs> no, dear. We're neck and neck, though. No, but I have had to swear off men for a while to focus on some research with radioactive primordial nuclides. Ha! So you've been studying... Wait, what? I thought you said you studied men, your grace, but that like your study was men. So how did we get to this? I'm confused. (laughs) Well, I'm going to tell you there's a lot you don't know about me. I used to be a gifted analytical chemist before I met my first husband. Really now? Yes, dear. You know that I have a PhD in analytical chemistry. (laughs) I'm speechless. I mean... This whole time, I thought that you were just a big old... (laughs) (laughs) You thought I was a big old freak? I didn't really say it all the way. Well, I read your lips positively, Chrissy. I didn't want to disrespect you all. Oh, my God. Am I really that bad? (laughs) Well, look, I used to be, but God has other plans for me at the moment. Plans? What kind of plans does God have for you? Wait a minute. We need to see if the pastor is occupied first. Uh, Do you tell anyone what we talk about? Um, you know I don't, Your Grace. You know, I don't want people thinking I'm crazy, but <laughs> I believe you. I mean, I really do. But whatever it is that God has planned for you, it must be major because of how you're acting. It is. We've started working on the stones um, but we've only done, you know, library research on them. We haven't actually touched them. I've been in dialogue with Dr. Cardoza. We won't have much time to work with the stones because someone is actively looking for them. But anyway, we both come to the conclusion that each of the infinity stones must be composed of some form of uranium, thorium or potassium. We came to that conclusion because they are the primordial radioactive isotopes that are located in the center of the Earth's core. It goes like this, dear. These isotopes are the core elements that ignited the Big Bang. You know, when God said, let there be light? Mm. Well, God used those elements as the lighter fluid for the charcoal on the grill. Well, I appreciated that analogy, Your Grace. I, I mean, I totally got what you said. I- of course. Of course you do, dear. You're clever. We have... We, oh, I know. We had a court case yesterday that was very interesting. While the pastor's cleaning the bathroom and such, I'll tell you about it. Oh, please tell me. Oh, do you want to know what happened in court? Or do you want to know everything? I want to know everything, Your Grace. Well, right before court started, I saw Melissa Forkers have a very intense conversation in the foyer of the sanctuary. The only reason why I knew it was Melissa was because that was who Forkers kept calling the person she was talking to. I saw uh, the person, you know, that I saw Forkers talking to looked exactly like a mean dynasty warlord. Mm. I did not know that angels could be shapeshifters. 
He had on a helmet with a magnificent red plume coming out of it, and it was made of metal trimmed in gold. His uniform looked like it was metal cloth trimmed in gold. I mean, he had a vibranium sword gordig, girded on the right side of his waist, and a holder with a pouch with vibranium arrows on the opposite side. He had on ninja boots with soft soles and was standing with a fierce look on his face. But I just couldn't believe that it was Melis. I was curious at the spectacle, so I walked up to further hear and see what was going on. So Focus noticed as I was walking towards them and said to Melis, Ah, there she is. We were just talking about the preliminary research that you and Dr. Cardoza have been working on. And you two were right. Each Infinity Stone has a carbon lattice with a radioactive isotope core. This is how it is, Your Majesty. The power, reality, mind, and time stones, they all have a uranium isotope core. The soul stone's core is potassium. And the space stone's core is thorium. I looked at both Melis and Forkus in disbelief and said, "What? Wait! How did you get the analysis of the stone so quickly? Even though Melis looked like a Ming Dynasty warlord, she spoke in her normal voice and said, "Easily, Your Majesty. Mr. Stark built me a micro, you know, scepter spectrometer, micro spectrometer, Melis. I was gonna say it like that. Anyway, I went to the beginning of the universe after the stones were formed and measured their radioactive emission and was able to get a sample of it. Mm. So now what makes the stones powerful is the inability uh, of matrices that are formed because of the way that the electrons continue to vibrate. Oh, yes, that's correct. Yeah, it creates a lot of energy and once the energy is released, (laughs) Kablam! (laughs) Focus interrupted Melis and said, Tony Stark must explain all that to you because you don't know nothing about that. You can't even say spectrophotometer. (laughs) And you know it. (laughs) (laughs) Since Tony did all that, why can't he and God work on the stones together? Why y'all got to bring me up in this? Because, Forkus, Mr. Stark can't be trusted with the stones. The stones will give him visions and knowledge that don't need to be unleashed in this realm you know what you right you are so right because he's too smart for his own good but anyway your majesty we need to figure out a way to replace the radioactive isotopes with the stable ones that are found in the earth's core and the reason why they need to we need to use these is because oh i know because the half-life of these isotopes are a trillion years so if they're not emitting radioactive particles at a rate that could be detected then no one will ever find the stones in the first place am i correct Exactly. Not only that, but we need to know that the Earth's core can be used. Not only that, but when we do the the, the experiments, Your Majesty, um, we're going to use the Earth's core because that's the only thing in this world that can be used as a sustainable energy source because of the high energy the high density energy that flows from the Earth's core. So when we get that together, we'll be able to work on the stones in Dreary Lane. 
I see your point. Which makes sense because we need to heat each stone to at least 12 million Kelvin so that the Coulomb barrier of the stones can be manipulated. But we don't, we don't need to rupture them. No, we don't. Because if we do, we're going to blow up North America, clean off the face of the earth. <laughs> yes, the United States, Canada and Mexico would all be gone. Uh, well, I'm glad that you understand the magnitude of what's going on. Melis, we totally get it. Ugh. Anyway, Your Majesty, you and Dr. Cardoza will have to use heavy ion fusion in the lab. I, I, I thought that you would be assisting me and Dr. Cardoza. Mm-hmm. I am. I will be when I can, but I have to be on guard while you two work. And I have to make sure that you have everything you need because if you touch these stones on a regular basis, our brother is going to know that something is going on, but not what it is. You got to remember, Satan is powerful, but he's not all powerful and all knowing like God, even though he wishes that he was. So your majesty, we have to manipulate the stones so that they give off alpha radiation instead of gamma radiation why focus because that way i'm the only person that can detect the stones and where they exist so uh, oh i'm sorry (laughs) so god trust forecast with the stones and no one else you were about to say it right forecast go ahead well, I kind of sort of read your mind, Melis. I mean, when we look at the situation, it's only because I know the consequences of using the Infinity Stones to take on God that God trusts me with it. I mean, when I did that, my punishment was I was completely obliterated. Do you know what it means to be completely destroyed by God and then put back together? Do you know how painful that is? to not exist and then been rapidly recreated as a mutant and flung here on earth with Satan to watch over these mortals. So yeah, I can believe that God trusts me with the stones because I don't ever want to be destroyed again. Melis, what kind of weapon is God going to allow for me to have to protect Queen Morgana and Dr. Cardoza? Well, you're going to get your double-edged lightsaber (gasps) bag, but before you get excited, it will be powered by a diamond from the center of the earth. I won't get my halo bag. Which means that the color of the light will be white like Sadie's. Yes, but yes, you are right, not like Satan, because you've changed. You've repented of your sins, God has forgiven you. So when you see the white light, don't see it as a curse, Forkus. Okay. Just understand that it's a blessing. And forth before a match to get all pumped up, there was a somber tone of solidarity between them because of what they were dealing with outside of court. Mathers, Forkus, and I stood beside some stood behind some beautiful baby seraphs. They all looked like toddlers dressed in abs with golden wings, and they were just fluttering before us. They were, there were seven of them. They all looked different. 
they were Asian, African, European, Native American, East Indian, Hispanic. And then there was one that had a bronze skin, like the the metal bronze and, and white curly hair. The seraph with the bronze skin turned around and looked at Forkus and gave her the finger. You know, the middle one. So Forkus turned to the seraph and said, You're never going to forgive me for beating you in poker, are you? The baby turned around, lifted up his alb in the rear, and farted. in Forkus's face to show that he hadn't forgiven her. Forkus waved her hand in front of her nose to ward off the smell of scrambled eggs and goat cheese and said, After Forkus said that to Tabris, there was a booming thunder. Once I heard that, I said, Oh, rise in the presence of the Lord God Almighty. The Lord is in the holy temple. Let all the earth keep silent before God. When I said that, the seraphs floated down the aisle. Focus, Melis, and I followed. Once we got to the end of the aisle, the seraphs floated up to the altar and lit a candle with their golden lighters. Once they lit their individual candles, they floated to the larger candle in the center, which was called the Christ candle, and they all lit it together. Once the large candle in the center of the altar was lit, I stood in the middle of the aisle. Focus went to the left and Melis went to the right. Once they stood in their place, I said, The case of Reverend Mallory Eggert has now come to order. When I said that a plump white woman with blonde hair cut in a feather bob floated to where I was standing accompanied by two archangels. It was Salafiel and Ragulel. Once she was standing by me, I went to my place in court, which was standing near the throne of God. Melis and Forkus began to address God in the congregation. Melis looked at Mallory Eggert, gave her a snarl, and said, God, today we have the case of Reverend Mallory Eggert. She is an ordained elder in her denomination, which is something I just can't understand. Now, this woman is guilty of all seven of the deadly sins. She's guilty of greed, lust, sloth, gluttony, wrath, envy, and the vainglory that leads to the sin that our brother Satan was casted out of heaven for. Hmm, pride. Reverend Edgar looked at Melis and rolled her eyes so hard that everybody in the church thought that her eyes were going to disappear inside of her head. Mm. As you can see in her pride, she is not ashamed to flaunt her white privilege. But to show you who you really talking to, 
Let me take off my disguise. At that moment, Millis was no longer the Ming Dynasty warlord. She turned back into herself, and you could see her halo. It illuminated her entire body in a radiant, electrifying cobalt blue. After Millis finished saying what she said, everybody, and I mean everybody in the congregation, said together in unison, Dreary, get her! Dreary, get her! get her! get her! get her! Forkus looked at Reverend Edgar, smiled and said, God, <laughs> oh God, tell her what she's won. God began to tell Reverend Mallory Edgar that she earned a stay in Dreary Lane. But before she was able to go to her suite to be tortured for eternity, she'll be thrown in a trash heap. But this was no ordinary trash heap. She was going to be placed in the wailing well where souls that have been tortured a place to reconstitute themselves. This is a painful and famishing process. These souls are starving as their eternal bodies painfully come back together. God told Reverend Edgar that she was going to be their nourishment. They were going to turn to her flesh and eat it until they've had their fill. And once her body was grotesquely refashioned, the process was going to start all over again until her room at the long-term care facility, Dreary Lane, was ready. Oh, my God. Uh, how long is she going to be eating, Your Grace? Oh, positively, Chrissy. In our time, let me think about it. Um, let's see. She's going to be their nourishment for about 500 years. 500 years? Our time. Oh, see, I need to get my soul <laughs> right. Yeah, mm-hmm, that's what I'm going to do. I'm not Me that. too. Busy Work Speaks Production. All right. The reason why we are tackling teaching systematic theology before we go into any actual Bible studies is something that I've learned over the years is that a lot of pastors don't effectively teach the doctrines of the Christian faith. And the only time that that is covered is in confirmation, whether it's in youth confirmation or adult confirmation. I know that this is something that needs to be preached about and taught extensively in the local church, no matter what the age is, um, especially if we are believers in mainline denominations like the Catholic Church, the Methodist Church, CME, AME, AME Zion, Southern Baptist, just Free Methodist, all those different mainline denominations, those are things that really need to be taught because when it comes to evangelism it's deeper than just 
going out and doing mission in the community. It is the ability to effectively communicate why you believe the way that you believe and why God is an important part of your life and that relationship is important to your life as well. So in the doctrine of the Christian faith, I've learned that eight theological loci are covered. And in these two specific Disney fan fiction stories, which is entitled The Judgment of the Sinful Pastors, there are several that are covered. You have the Doctrine of God, which is also the Doctrine of the Trinity, Prolegomena, Ecclesiology, Eschatology, Theological Anthropology. Those are the ones that are covered in these two Disney fan fiction stories. Now, the Doctrine of God is the study of not just God, but the Trinity, meaning Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You're studying all of those. And according to systematic theologian Karl Barth, if you don't believe in the Trinity, then it's going to be kind of hard to believe in God. And I personally believe the same way that Karl Barth believes. In our two Disney fan fiction stories, uh, the doctrine of God is covered because God is sovereign uh, in our version of the Marvel MCU. God is sovereign. God is over the Avengers. God is, and God is serving as judge. And when God serves as judge or provider and protector god is referred to as jehovah so in our disney fan fiction god is behaving as jehovah prolegomena is the study of talking about things god and god related now our version of she hulk is in conversation with two angels about a mission that god needs for them to take on and it sounds like it's going to be a complex and big one as well. Ecclesiology is the study of the church, both visible and invisible. And in Catacomb Church, we are honing in on the invisible church. And the invisible church is the church where the communion of saints are part of the congregation. And the communion of saints are the people that have gone on before us to become members of the church triumphant. And then you have eschatology, which is the study of the last things in judgment. And in both stories, we see God casting judgment on our sinful pastors. And Forcus talks about the judgment that God placed on her and Satan for starting the great battle, which was a rebellion between the angels in heaven and then you have theological anthropology which is the study of why people have the inclination to want to sin and the doctrinal standard of original sin is covered in this theological low sign it was a lot of sinning going on in these two stories we have um reverend bedford being a child molesting pastor that's condemned to spend eternity in hell and then you have Forcus getting expelled out of heaven and forced to be a servant to the inhabitants of earth because of her sinful nature and rebellion against God then you got Reverend Ramirez 
being a womanizing and criminal pastor because he's stealing money from the city for a fake youth program. But in his instance, because he had a change of heart and changed his ways, God granted him grace. And then you have Mallory Edgert, who is guilty of perpetuating the deadly sins and she gets condemned to being nourishment for the condemned souls in hell until her room in Dreary Lane is ready. Now also in eschatology we want to point out that in our version of hell it's a long-term care facility where people go to once God pronounces judgment on them and they get tortured and mutilated in all kinds of different ways as punishment for their sins in this life. So, depending on your denomination, the eschatology always varies. <laughs> but we did have fun writing and putting this stuff together, and we hope that you learned a lot too. Our next podcast will be And God Created Black Widow which we hope that you will enjoy and also learn a lot from. This is Hip Hop Pastor D signing off on our first Method Disney Fan Fiction Podcast. To God be the glory.